Hello, brothers and sisters. Coffee with Christ is on its way. Here to stay is the Word of God. I'm just making that up. We're getting the rest of our recording set up here as well. Bear with me here. I do want to thank you for joining. Sunday evening, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to another edition of Coffee with Christ. I'm Michael. I've got a cup. You got yours? Go get your cup. We'll talk about our Lord. Yes, red solo cup. No, no beer. No booze. Just some old-fashioned ginger ale. Uh, I figure it's a little bit late for the coffee. Although I've had coffee late this time, but I think I needed some sleep tonight. So we're going to forego the coffee and a little ginger ale for our drink but if you want a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or hot chocolate whatever it is go get you some and join us what we're going to do now we're going to take just a minute and we're going to get into some of these groups here and we can continue to spread the word of god and i have a little bit of an announcement to make too while i'm doing this so um god has opened up a brand new door a platform um for us to be spreading the word, for Coffee with Christ to be spreading the word. Um, there's this app on the internet called, uh, and you get it in your app store. It's called Clapper. And I'm sure many of you who watch Coffee with Christ um, know, and many of you who are, uh, you know, into the social media have heard of TikTok by now. Uh, and have heard of what is going on with conservative Christians and preachers on social media like Facebook and like um, on Google and on Twitter and all those social media platforms that they're censoring us. Not just, um, you know, Republicans and conservatives, but also Christians, anybody who is a Christian. Uh, and Twitter is one of them. I mean, uh, TikTok is one of them. So... Um, another uh, platform has been raised or created called Clapper uh, and so what we're doing is going to get some friends in here too and so Clapper um, is very similar to TikTok uh, but it's not censored it's unbelievable now with that being uncensored I do want to let you know that there is the possibility that you may run into somebody who does share some foul language on there. But God opened up that door for me. And in doing so, I have garnered, and I hate to use it this way, but that's what they're called on there. I've garnered um, over 2,000 uh, followers. Oh, Art, if you watch this, I'm sorry I tagged you. You asked me not to. I do apologize. I did that by mistake. Um, anyway, I've garnered over 2,000 followers on this thing. And I've shared some political commentary. I've shared uh, my views. I have shared um, 
scriptures. I have shared and prayed with some of the other uh, content providers. Um, and uh, it's an amazing platform. See, to me, I look at the 2.2 thousand, um, what they call followers on there, not so much followers of myself, but a way to uh, get the word out and proclaim the word uh, and speak the word of God to who will be watching. And that's what I look at that as. I don't look at it as, uh, you know, I'm becoming famous on Clapper, which would be nice because sometimes they, I don't want to be famous unless, like I said, unless God, unless Jesus is uh, glorified through it. Um, but it might be nice to gain some of that um, revenue that they start doing soon um, to put back into this ministry. That would be an amazing thing to do. But anyway, go check it out. We're almost ready to get back in here. Uh, so go check out Clapper, uh, and you'll see amazing things on there as well. We've got a bunch of people in here tagged. I think we'll get on, and whoever wants to come in in a little bit can come in. Uh, so we're live. Uh, looks like we got two viewers. Um, again, welcome to Coffee with Christ. Uh, and uh, if we got a moment, go get your cup, and uh, today we'll talk about our Lord. We're also recording this live on our latest edition, our latest episode on our podcast as well. So you'll be able to check out this podcast when it posts on Spotify uh, and uh, several other podcast outlets, for lack of better terms. So, uh, hey, Maria C. Grace, thank you for watching. Thank you for coming into Coffee with Christ. So in a few moments, we're going to go to our Father in prayer. And I do want to let you know that if you have a prayer request, please leave it in the comments of this of this video. And I'll write it into the prayer book here, our Coffee with Christ prayer book. I don't have it with me tonight. It's in the other room there. Just know that I do write the names in there. And I do pray for them often. Uh, so just know that. And if you have that request, please put it in the comments. Hey, Linda, how are you? And uh, so let's go to our Father, and then we'll get into our topic. Uh, most kind, gracious, heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the time that you allow us to come together here. Father, to speak your word and to glean some truths from your word, whatever those truths are that you'll have for us to learn, Father, today, all while drinking a good old-fashioned cup of coffee together, Father, a time of fellowship, a time of sharing, and a time of praying for each other and, and ministering to each other. Now, Father, we lift up all the prayers of those that will be mentioned <clears throat> now we're in the comments section. Uh, or in the future of those who will watch later on. And Father, we do pray for more doors of opportunity for Coffee with Christ to spread your word, Father. Father, I love you, I praise you, and I worship you. And I ask you now, Father, that you remove me of all self, so the words that come from me are from you and from no other. And Father, we'll be happy to give you all the glory, honor, and praise for all that you do. And again, Holy Father in heaven, I pray that this word return not void. And Father, I do want to thank you, and I'd be remiss not to, uh, to thank you for this. And thank you for the Holy Spirit, because without the Holy Spirit, this whole thing, without you, this whole thing is, we don't need to do it. I also want to thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, for dying upon that cross. So that, Father, our sins may be forgiven, and Father, that we may have a, will, a way of healing from sin and from physical ailments and from everything else that comes with sin. And I thank you, Father, and I praise you and I worship you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. So, hello, Linda. How are you? Pam, good to see you. Pam, 
Pamela and Lynn Braden, good to see you. Uh, Maria, thanks for joining. Irfan Masi, thanks for joining. Chuck Justice, thanks for joining. Jimbo Godwin, thank you for joining. Good to see you down there in South Pitt the other night. Jim, wish it was, uh, Jimbo, I wish it was a little drier, and I wish we had better, uh, uh, better results on the way home. But, you know, hey, <laughs> there were some big boys there. Um, anyway, thanks for watching, Jimbo. Thanks for watching, everybody. So, many of you know who have watched Coffee with Christ for some time know that, um, well, it was actually a year ago today, the day, uh, the day, I'm not sure the date, but I know the day, um, I uh, was checked into uh, Methodist Hospital down here uh, in uh, Oak Ridge, Tennessee, uh, and I had, a, um, I had an infection in my leg, uh, cellulitis, uh, that had turned, uh, turned septic. So they put me in a hospital, and um, they put me on uh, IV antibiotics, heavy antibiotics, and which was great. And I, but I want to tell you something right now. As much as I know the Lord, as much as I love the Lord, as much as I read Scripture, and as much as I pray, that was probably next the, the scariest. One of the scariest moments of my life. I'll be totally honest with you. Um, I think it was even maybe even a little more than a little more scarier than my children being born. And um, you know, when my wife had her first child, um, she was preeclampsic, and uh, that was that was a scary situation. What's going to happen to my wife? What's going to happen to my daughter? That was a scary situation. Um, and the other two, uh, my son was born in the middle of a tornado. Uh, many of you from this area, Chuck and Jimbo, you might remember um, the tornado that. Uh, took out the house in Oliver Springs where the subway sits now next to the uh, raceway. Um, when those straight winds came through uh, and the tornadic activity came through that night, uh, Anthony was being born as those winds came through. So that was kind of a scary thing. And then Lexa, uh, she actually ended up, my wife had a, ended up with a fracture in her pelvis. Uh, and she was in such a way that she had to be delivered by a cesarean section. And um, she ended up being late. Uh, the doctor ended up being, so that was a scary situation, but I'll tell you what, those are scary situations where, yes, they were scary, but I kind of knew what the outcome was going to be when the three of them wasn't born, uh, or before they were born. And, and as they were born, I, I didn't know the Lord. I didn't know God. Um, God to me was a myth. God to me was a joke. Uh, God to me at that point was just something people did to go to church, the reason people went to church. I didn't even know if he existed, to be honest with you. Uh, and in fact, um, you know, I'm, I'm ashamed to say this, but I'll say this to Chuck. Chuck knows uh, and probably remembers this, and so does Jimbo. Um, when Pleasant Grove, years ago, uh, used to have the outdoor um, re tent revivals out there where the dollar store is now. Hey, Lisa. Um I used to be the one yelling out the window, rolling the window down and yelling out, you Jesus freaks. Um, and being totally, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I came here from New Jersey. I came here from a Catholic family. I loved rock and roll. I was not politically correct. Still I'm not, but not politically correct in any way. Uh, not a very kind person. I, I, you know, I volunteered at certain times. I did this, I did that. Um, but I, I didn't know the Lord. And my idea of... Christianity, other than from the Catholic Church, which I don't know where that went, you know, what there was going there, but other than my, my, hey Pam, 
Other than my ideas in the Catholic Church, my thought of Christianity, honestly, and this is God honest, came from the movie um, uh, Footloose uh, and the way they treated the rock and roll and the dancing and the folks that did that kind of thing. That was my God's honest, the God's honest truth um, of what my was of Christianity. So I didn't know my children, you know, God when my children were born. So, but I was, I was afraid, and I was, but I knew the outcome. I would have my my children. I knew my oldest was beautiful baby girl. My son was a beautiful baby boy. My third, my daughter Lex, my youngest, was a beautiful baby girl. So I knew that they were what they what was going to come out of it and so the fear was not that deep but a year ago today when i entered the hospital with that leg infection with the cellulitis and then when the doctor said that i was septic i remember feeling my heart just shrunk and it just went oh my gosh and it was like that because as an emt jimbo me might be able to for you know uh chime in on this too um, as an EMT years ago, I remember when I heard someone that was septic, and I would read in their, um, their, uh, hey brother, we'll surely listen tomorrow, only I'm on my way to bed, God bless you, God bless you as well, uh, Lisa, have a great night's sleep, and, and enjoy tomorrow, uh, Paul Godby, thank you for watching, good to see you, Pam Bozen, we will certainly keep your mom in our prayers, um, anyway, I remember reading on a per, on a patient's chart when I was doing like inter-hospital transfers and nursing home transfers and stuff, uh, when I would read on there that they were septic, um, I remember years ago that along with MRSA and a couple other things almost were like a death sentence. Um, and so, and dialysis, things like that. I was like, you know, once that happened, I'm thinking to myself, and I heard the doc doctor say that I was septic. And I thought, well, there it is. That's my death. And I was afraid. I really, for a moment, even though I knew the Lord, and I'm usually not afraid to die, to be totally honest with you, because I know where I'm going, and I know my God, and I know God's, Jesus died for me to go to heaven, and I know that. But that initial thought was, what's going to happen to my family? That was what I was mostly afraid of. And so, I mean, I was like, wow, this could be it. I could 2019 could have been the end. I just celebrated Thanksgiving. I'm going to miss Christmas. And I thought it was the end. And I remember getting in there, getting into the room. And I remember being extremely hungry because I was nauseous as a part of it. And they fed me the nausea dinner and the nausea breakfast. And so I barely ate. And so, um, anyway, I remember the night, Tuesday night. I couldn't sleep. I could not sleep. I was having so much trouble closing my eyes. Many of you know, I mean, I posted about it when I was there. You can go look back on some of our other, our past Coffee with Christ. And I posted about it, and I was asking for prayer to help me get through. And I knew that God, I knew God was going to be in control. At one point, I kind of knew I was going to be okay. But the Tuesday before I got discharged, I wrestled. I seriously, I, I wrestled. It made me think of the story of Jacob. And I remember wrestling. I remember thinking, why? Why this? What is going on? I said, I thought I was doing what I had to do for the Lord. I thought I knew, you know, I thought I was okay. I thought I gave my life to Christ. And I thought, you know, but but I was 
also at ease afterwards. After after the initial fear, what's going to happen to my wife and kids? Then an ease came over me. Because I know God spoke to me and said it'd be okay. But anyway, that Tuesday night I was wrestling and wrestling. What? What? I need to get it. God, I need to get out of here. God, I need to go home. I need to get to my family. I need to work for my family. I got to get back to your work doing Coffee with Christ. And I have so many people that follow and so many people that watch Coffee with Christ that they, they, they count on me. That was, that was the pride part. They count on me to bring them the word, to teach them the word, to help them with the word. And there's so many other things going on. There were so many other things that were lined up that I had for Coffee with Christ before COVID that was going to go on. And it was all looking like it was crumbling apart. And that's what was wrestling. What am I going to do, God? And I remember praying, and I, I, I just had so much trouble, and I sat up and I said, God, God, please. I said, God, I beg you, I'm crying out to you right now, God. And I said, I repeated his word, and I said, God, I said, your word says that if I seek your face, if I seek your righteousness, and it says that all these will be granted unto you. And I remember that, and I said, Father, please heal me. And I remembered some of the scriptures where God healed some of the people in the scriptures. He healed a blind man. He healed the centurion's uh, um, um, servant. He healed uh, the young lady in the bed. He healed the young lady with the blood issue. He healed all them. He even healed Mary Magdalene of her sin. And I knew he could do that for me. And I prayed. I said, God, please just heal me. Get me out of here. Get me home, Father. And together we will work together to work towards your kingdom and build your kingdom together. And I remember God saying to me, I remember as clear as day, it was as if we were talking together. And I know you're going to think, and some folks think that, you know, God doesn't talk to you. God does not. What do you, you know, when you when you hear some of these preachers on TV and they're like, well, God gave me a message and God told me to do this today. And, and you see him picking up like a snake or something and, you know, waving a snake. God told me to wave the snake around. But I honestly, God spoke to me and said, Michael, you are not done. You've got work to do. You're going to get out of here. Now lay down and go to sleep. And I was at ease, completely relaxed. That morning I woke up. On Wednesday morning. And the uh, doctor had come in. And he said to me, he said, uh, and what was... The key point of going home, A, was I had to have no fever, and B, I had to have some shrinkage in the cellulitis in my leg. And uh, the doctor walked in and said, um, do you want to go home? At that point, I knew God was healing me. I wasn't completely healed. It was not completely done at that point. But I knew God was doing the work in me that was going to be amazing. And I was so happy. And I, I as soon as the doctor... Before the doctor walked out, I asked him if I could have a real meal. That was the first thing I did. And and a little bit later, I got a nice big turkey sandwich. Mm, it was amazing. But um, I remember as soon as the doctor walked out, thank you, Lord. Thank you. See, God, now, and, and after that, I want to tell you this. After that, because of the antibiotics, I developed a disease called uh, vasculitis. I don't know if many people know what that is. I still deal with it today. Um. But it, it's going to be with me for the rest of my life, something, and it was caused by the antibiotics. Um, it's nothing the doctors did at fault. You know, it was just what happened. They had to give the antibiotics. I was going to die. So they did what they had to do. They knew what they had to do, and they did it, and I developed the vasculitis. Um, 
And so I went through that and praying through that, God, please just relieve me of this. Because that, my brothers and sisters, was very painful. Relieve me of this, God. Please let this be. Just let it relieve me. Fortunately, COVID came around. And when COVID, I'm saying fortunately, guardedly. When COVID came around, I was able to come home and work from home. And why is that fortunate for me? Because I was able to deal with this vasculitis, this cellulitis, and this sepsis from home and continue to work. I know that was a godsend. But I'm going to say, since May, I have not had a vasculitis episode since May. So I know now that God has completely healed me, praise God, from the cellulitis, from the sepsis, and I really believe that I'm fixed from this vasculitis. We'll hold off for that. That's to be announced, to be determined. And we will when it happens. But I want to share with you something here. God, Jesus, is A, still in the healing business, still in the miracle business, still in the loving business, still in the forgiveness business, still in the mercy business, and still in the salvation business. And even more. I mean, he's still in the business of everything because he's God. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient, omnipresent. He's in for everything. He's our God. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Keep that in mind. Keep in mind what that means that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. That means that as lonely as you feel, as lonely as I felt in the hospital bed that night. Now listen, my wife could have stayed with me, and I would have loved for her to have stayed with me. Hey, Bobby Shiv, how are you? Good night. Good night watching from Canada. Oh, amazing. Absolutely. God bless you. Thank you for watching from Canada. First viewer from Canada, I believe. Um, and so those nights that I was in there, my wife could have stayed, but she had to come home with our children because, A, they had school to do, and they had other activities, so she had to come home. And it's nothing on her, but I did at that point because I was still a little, even though I wasn't totally scared, and even though I had um, some ease to myself with everything going on, as I said earlier, I still had a little bit of apprehension and still a little bit of loneliness. But the loneliness was certainly overshadowed after the conversation of God, hey, Monica uh, Sandoval, knowing that God never left me. Once I realized that he never left me, thank you, I appreciate the compliment on the voice and the, and the message. Uh, we're in Knoxville, we're in uh, Coalfield, Tennessee, uh, a little town in Morgan County, which is between Knoxville and uh, Nashville. Um, and anyway, so I, I knew after that time of wrestling that I knew he had never left nor forsaken me. And I could just imagine the feeling of thinking that God would not have been with me, that I would have been there by myself, that there was nothing there. Like, you know, a couple thoughts that the devil lied to me about was, you know, what if they tell you something and you're not coherent enough to understand what's going on and the wrong thing happens? And, and like I said, even though I'm not afraid to die, I'm afraid 
at what could happen to my children and my wife. That's what I'm worried about. And I know, listen, I know, and don't send any emails or anything. I know that if God calls me home right now at this very moment, I know I'm going home to him, and I know he'll take care of my kids. I know that, and I'll take care of my wife, and I know that. And I am comforted with that. I really, truly am. But I can imagine when Christ was on the cross, think of this. We know that God can't look upon sin. We know that, right? And when Christ held himself, or was held on the cross, well, held himself because he could have gotten off there any time he wanted, but was on that cross, and our sin was imputed on him, and our sin became his sin. Remember, he felt, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Do you imagine the anguish? I felt a little bit of that in the hospital that night. Can't imagine what he felt, what Christ felt when he said, God, why have you forsaken me? And I will admit, at a moment I thought, God, why is this happening to me? I thought I was doing good for you. I thought I was doing well for you. Remember, and remember too, Christ says there's none that are good. See, we still have a propensity for sin in our lives. And that sin, even though we're born again, we are born in the Spirit, but we still have this thing called flesh that loves and enjoys sinning. You know, sin is good. Now, I'm not saying that we enjoy the sin. I'm not saying we enjoy going out and, and killing people. I'm not exactly saying that. But our body enjoys sin because sometimes it makes us feel good, doesn't it? Does it not? I say this all the time in my videos. Anybody who has followed Coffee with Christ knows that I say all the time that sin is easy because it feels good for a momentary lapse. I mean, kind of like the old saying when you have something that's fatty and you're eating something that's not good for you, you say a moment on the hip, a moment on the lips forever on the hips. Sin, for a moment, feels great, but for eternity, is not the way to go. And we know that. We know that. And I'm being very elementary here. But um, I know, I know he was with me, and knowing that he was with me, and knowing what God is all about, and then now being healed. One thing God tells us to do is he tells us to proclaim these things. Proclaim what he's done for you. He saved you. And he saved me. <coughs> he saved you and he saved me. He didn't have to. He did. We deserve what we were, we would deserve what we were going to get, but He saved us, and because He saved us, we are healed, healed from everything. And all we got to do, listen, I want to read this. This is the basis of our talk here tonight. Listen, in Matthew chapter six, verse thirty-three, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you, including healing. Seek ye first the kingdom. What does that mean? Does that mean that the moment that... Hey, Richie Mitchell, good to see you. Does that mean that the moment that you come against this mountain of some type, this hill in front of you, this tough battle ahead of you, that you get on your knees and pray? Well, yeah, it could. It could. And it should. It really should. But we have human flesh, as I said a moment ago. 
And our human flesh is prideful. I mean, that's what happened to Satan. That's how Satan got tossed out of heaven. He was prideful. That was, that was what caused the whole idea of sin. Not just sin in man, but the whole idea was that Satan was prideful. And he got kicked out of, hell, kicked out of heaven and sent to hell for it. But that tells us, that voice says to us, listen, you can handle this. You can, you can do this. You got it. You are Michael Backer. You've got this. You can handle it. Or he says that you're Bobby Shiv. You can handle this. You got it. Hey, Neil, uh, Neil Utama, uh, toupee, thank you for watching. He says, you got this. And we listen for a moment. We, we do. For a moment we say, yeah, I can do this. And then God kind of... Listen, you need me. And that's when the kicks in for us. Oh, wait a minute. Let's, let's pray about this. Let's stop and pray about this. But what he's saying here, what I believe he's saying here, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Listen to me. If you are not born again, if you are not a child of God, if you have not given your life to Christ and accepted the free gift of grace that he got for us, that he paid for for us to have on the cross when he died, was buried and rose again, if that is not you, if you, if, 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 if you were what, what they talked about in, uh, in John chapter 3, and he said, in order to be born again or see the kingdom of heaven, one must be born again. If you are not that, then... A prayer to heaven. Who are you praying to? At first of all, if you're not born again, where does your prayer go to? Well, God says to us. He said to the Israelites in Deuteronomy. Uh, we read in Deuteronomy. They weren't in the city of Deuteronomy or the country, but it said it. We read it in Deuteronomy. God said to them, "I give you life. I give you death. You choose." So if you don't choose Him, you choose death. Who is the prince of darkness, the prince of death, the prince of this world, the one who is wandering through the world seeking whom he could devour that he said that it said in, in Job, and coming after you and I or those who are not God's children to take them to hell with him? Who is that? That is Satan, the very one that was prideful for God and got thrown out of heaven. If you are not a child of God and you are praying, you're praying to Satan. That's what you're praying to. If your life is not in Jesus Christ, you are praying to Satan. So what I believe here, that if you seek the kingdom of God, along with what they said in John chapter 3, that you must be born again to see the kingdom of God, that if you are born again, seek ye first the kingdom. That's what Christ is telling us. Come to the Lord. Come to me. All who are heavy, who are heavy laden and weary, I paraphrased, come to me and I will give you rest. Rest from all around. He gave Israel rest. They, listen, so that's what I think he's saying here. So seek ye first and his righteousness. That's key. See, the reason I'm thinking this is because once you accept Christ into your life, you become righteous and the fact that you are joint heirs with Christ. We are joint heirs with Christ. And the fact that we have all the rights and privileges of a citizen of heaven because that we've given our lives to Christ. It says that in Romans. And so if we seek his kingdom and his righteousness, but I believe if we seek his kingdom, we are imputed with his righteousness. So you remember, listen, 
They said it about Abraham, that Abraham, when Abraham obeyed God and took Isaac up to sacrifice Isaac on Mount Horeb to go ahead and sacrifice the kid, and God said, no, do not lay a hand on that boy. And God imputed righteousness on Abraham because Abraham seeked the face of God and was born. Abraham was born again. I'm sorry. Abraham was born again. And many of the folks that we read in Old Testament that are of note were born again. Just like we should be. He sought the face of God. Because remember, he prayed before he worshipped God and he was going to sacrifice his son in worship of God. He sought the Lord and his kingdom and was imputed his righteousness. So we get imputed his righteousness and we seek it out. And all these things shall be added unto you. What is that? A, the treasures in heaven. A direct, direct link. I saw the other day a meme that said that the first... Um, the first cell phone, the first smartphone or first cell phone, whatever it was, was prayer. The difference being that this cell phone, prayer, um, never gets disconnected, doesn't need a contract, uh, you never lose service, and you never hear beep, please leave a message after the sound of the beep. You don't hear that. Um, but you get that connection with God. What's granted? You got that righteousness. You have that connection with God, your Father in heaven. Imagine that. Imagine the creator of this world is your Father that loves you so much. He was willing to die, come out of his throne on high, and die for your sin so that he can be with you. Imagine that. Listen, I love God dearly. I pray that he never asked me to do what he asked what he asked Abraham to do, and I pray that if he asked Abraham, if he asked me to do what he asked Abraham to do, that I'm faithful enough and obedient enough to do that. However, I don't know if I could. I don't think I know that I've signed up for that kind of a thing here. But I hope I'd be obedient enough to do it, and I hope if I was obedient enough to do it, that God was faithful enough to say what He said to Abraham about us: "Don't not lay a hand on that child." I digress. But because of that. We are entitled because of all of that. Let's see. I got some comments here. So Richie Mitchell says, we are living in the last days. I believe that absolutely. I did a whole series on Revelation a couple of videos back. Um, the devil is on the earth right now. Absolutely he is. It says in Job, he's wandered through the world seeking whom he can devour. And... Um, the one-third of the angels that fell to earth with Satan are demons. They are no longer angels after they came to earth. Absolutely, that is absolutely correct. Um, but they were angels at one time, and they are as strong as angels. However, he who is inside of me is greater and stronger than he who is in the world, and I always believe that. Anyway, uh, so we go back. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. So because of the fact that we have sought his righteousness and all these will be added on to you, that includes healing, that includes treasures in heaven that we could never imagine the treasures here. We always talk about, we always see these um, feel-good preachers, um, these um, pros prosperity preachers I, that I heard them called, that say that, um, you know, being a child of God 
that you'll get all these great material things. If you want a boat, believe that you're going to get that bass boat. If you want a car, believe that you're going to get that Cadillac, and you'll get them, right? That's what they tell us. Don't get me wrong. Having those things would be nice. Having those things would be fun. I think it'd be fun to have a bass boat to go out fishing. I don't fish, but that would be fun. I think it'd be cool to have a 1957 Chevy Bel Air to go cruising with my wife in. That would be cool. But I don't think by just believing in God that I'm going to get that, I might. He does sometimes grant us the desires of our hearts. It could happen. But I don't believe that that is the center of it all. I believe that the treasures that we do attain from being a child of God are in heaven waiting for us. For when we come there and we cast our crowns out at the feet of the Lord, that we will, we will gather those treasures up. And they will be our treasures. They're going to be treasures that we can never imagine. Christ says they're treasures that will never rust or be moth-eaten. They're treasures that will satisfy us beyond any recognition. We can't even explain what kind of satisfaction it would be. We cannot. We can't even fathom what it is. But they're going to be great treasures. But the one thing that we can have that Christ granted me last year and even now till now was healing. But... I believe in that there are several ways that it happens. I do believe that if we ask, um, if we pray, uh, we ask, we pray through, you know, we ask through praying, God, I pray for healing for so-and-so, which I do a lot of times in my prayers. Hey, Anna Shaver. Uh, and I do that a lot of times in my prayers. Um, please, God, heal so-and-so. And we learned that with the centurion. That, that he prayed, that the centurion came to Christ and said, listen, I, I know I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, and blah, 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 and yada, yada, yada. And Christ said, okay, you know, I've, amongst Israel, I have never seen uh, a man with so much faith that your daughter or your your servant is healed this very hour. Uh, so let's see what we see here. It says in the last days, the demons will be more stronger than ever than before. I was brought up in church my whole life, and my mother and father are both preacher. Will, will good night, brother. I'm sorry if I offended something that you know said something offensive. This is just what I read from, and I I understand that the angels are strong and and the demons are strong. I know that, but I do know that, as I said a moment ago, greater is He who is in my heart than He is who in the world. He who is in the world, and Christ always said, or Christ said. To not worry about what can harm the body, but that which can harm the soul. And I truly believe in that. And I truly believe with God on my side, nothing can harm me. Not even COVID could have come across upon me, or will come upon me. It says it in Psalms. So anyway, go back. So I believe that when you know when Christ said to the centurion, you know, your servant is healed this very hour. I believe that. You know, Christ healed the blind man, the one particular blind man, um, to show God's glory, right? So we healed him for that. I believe that. But I believe, as Christians, that once we seek ye first the kingdom, and we become born again, and even though these things are added on to us, I still think, though, that God still wants us to come to Him in our times of trouble, whether it be um, addiction trouble, whether it be financial trouble, whether it be relational trouble, 
or whether it be health trouble or whatever it could be that is troubling you, that is problem with you. God wants you to come to him. God still wants you to seek him. He says it often. He says it back in, in 2 Chronicles, in, in chapter 7, verse 14, he says, he says, if my people who are, who are, if, 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 my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and pray, right? I believe in those times that we have to seek him. When it comes trouble to us, we need to continue to seek and go to him. Come to him. Come to me, those who are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's what he says. I, you know, the... These verses are used so oftentimes that it seems to become cliche a little bit that they use them. And sometimes people use them. You don't really know the meaning behind what they're using, but they are still so true and so meaningful. And they still mean everything in the world that with Christ, I can do anything and include being healed. And that's what Christ did to me. You know, I find myself when I sit back and I think about this story. Think of this story. We're in chapter... Uh, 10 uh, in um, the book of Mark. Word of God says, uh, starting in verse 46, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. Oh, we got to do this quick. We're almost done here. And when he heard that it was Jesus, when he heard it was Jesus, the Jesus that brought life to him, the Jesus that created him. He heard it was Jesus, the fame of Jesus. And we have all heard him. We know who he is. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Notice what he did here. Notice this. He called out to Jesus. He acknowledged who he was and his deity. He noticed and he acknowledged he was God. And we're going to go back and we're going to match that. He, no, he noticed that he was God. Noticed he was Jesus. He mentioned he was Jesus, called to him, and he said, Thou son of David. We know what he's talking about. We know that he's referring to him as God, right? He may not be saying God, but he knows his place. He knows his place in history. This man knew where he came from. Thou son of David. And he knew that someday that Christ was going to be on the throne holding the sepulcher of the people of us, of the Christians, of his kingdom. And then he says, And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Does this not sound like our Father who art in heaven? Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, right? Hallowed be thy name. Here we go. Listen, let's let's mark it, right? He says here, uh, chapter 6 of Matthew, verse number 9, After this manner there pray ye, our Father which in heaven, Jesus, Son of David, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then look, he says, And Jesus stood still... How many times will people tell you that God will not answer your prayers? How many times will people come against you and say, don't even worry, don't even go to God? How many times have we heard, we heard of a mass shooting in the United States and people comment and say, well, where's your God now? Uh, prayers and, and thoughts won't help. Wrong. They're going to help. Listen, 
people here tried to keep the man. Listen, Jesus cannot help you right now is what they were getting at. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind. Jesus said, come to me. Remember, come to me. And many charged. Oh, 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 hold on, here we go. Uh, to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. Relax, the time is coming. He's got you. He's got you. Any casting, listen. And Jesus stood still and commanded him. And he, and he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus, throwing away that burden. He went to Christ. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. He's bringing his supplication to him. Bring all supplication to the Lord. Father, I want to have sight. Father God, please heal me and get me out of here to my family. I did the same thing. We're supposed to do the same thing. That is for us to do. It says in the last days, even Rich says, it says when preaching the gospel, have a sober mind. Brother, I am not drinking. I am completely sober. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What will thou that I should do unto you? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. I was sent home. I was fully healed. Not because of the medicine the doctors. You know why? Because right now, the doctors don't even know what type of vasculitis I had or have. They don't even know that. I haven't even been to a doctor for it yet. But I feel I'm healed because of my faith that Christ would heal me. That Christ would take care of it and make things better. Why? Because we're not done. It's not my time to go. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight, immediately, and followed Jesus in the way. Listen, when you receive a miracle like that, there's no denying where it came from. There's no saying, medicine did that. No way, that's hogwash. If you're a born-again believer, how could you ever say that it was not Christ that healed you? He healed you from sin if you've accepted that free gift of grace, which is, I mean, out of this world outrageously bad. Why couldn't he heal you from that minor, a minor, quote-unquote, illness that is among us? He will heal you. Always remember, seek ye first his kingdom, and all this will be added unto you including but not limited to physical healing if we go out we call to him and we praise him and we worship him and we have a relationship with him that is most important a relationship is the most important thing not a sunday relationship not a relationship where you you come to church on sunday maybe open the bible you read along with the preacher, then you go home, you close it, and you put it on a shelf. Not that kind of a relation. You need a relationship with Christ. One that is nurtured. One that you continually talk with Him. One that you continually interact. Because it is an interaction. It is as real as can be. 
and you too will know healing just like I did folks I love you thank you for watching thank you all the new folks that have watched um, have a great week uh, be safe um, connect with the Lord you'll see great things I promise you I love you we'll see you God willing we'll see you Wednesday have a great day bye bye